All right, take your Bibles with me tonight, and let's turn to our last lesson, our last lesson on the life of Moses, the life of Moses. Hope you've enjoyed these lessons and uh, were able to just learn a little bit about the life of Moses and also uh, how God used him in a great way in his life. Tonight we're looking at Deuteronomy chapter 31, Deuteronomy chapter 31 in verse 1. Moses and his approaching death, leaving a spiritual legacy. That's what we're looking at here tonight, leaving a spiritual legacy. When we come to realize that our time is in God's hands, we begin to understand what it is truly, what is truly important in our life. Okay, you understand, you get to look at your life and find, look back and you see what God has done and how things have uh, progressed. I don't know if you've uh, ever heard of the, uh, of the Grand Rapids City Mission. Grand Rapids City Mission, Rescue Mission, down in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, around the turn of the 20th century, uh, the city of Grand Rapids was just being, uh, seeing the vice of alcohol. People uh, just were needing help and so they wanted someone to start a new rescue mission in their city, and they didn't know who to get. They called the Pacific Garden Mission. I don't know if you're familiar with that. The Pacific, not specific, Pacific, sorry about that. Pacific Garden Mission uh, was in, is in Chicago, and it's still going today. Maybe you've heard of uh, a kind of, it used to be a radio broadcast called Unshackled. Okay, and I like listening to those whenever I can. Uh, great stories of people who have been saved out of uh, devices and addictions. And this was way back in the turn of the 20th century. And they said, do you know someone that could come and help us? And so the, the, the man there, the director there, his name was Mason. And uh, he sent his assistant, Mel Trotter. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of Mel Trotter before. If you don't, your parents probably did or your grandparents, all right? If they were involved in uh, church and things, they would have known and heard about Mel Trotter, okay? And they sent Mel Trotter over to Grand Rapids, and he started that rescue mission, and he did a great job. He began that and worked at that, and uh, it became... I don't know if it is today, but it became at one time the largest rescue mission in the United States. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing, yeah. <laughs> although that's something you want to brag about, but uh, that's what happened. He started miss missions, rescue missions like that around the world, yeah. became a famous preacher, uh, preacher of the, of the gospel and different things, and was uh, well known uh, for what he was doing. And uh, about 1939, uh, he passed away. So he, you know, he lived quite, quite a bit before us. But he was known for that. And uh, he did a great job. And you know, he had a great influence in the lives of people. Amen. And you would think, well, these are people that really probably no one cared about. 
people probably can just thought that yeah, they're done you know they're just well no hope for them but he had influence for Christ for them and was able to just have a great influence in people's lives uh, let me ask you this question do you realize the influence you have in the lives of those around you you know uh, there are people all around us and sometimes we just don't realize the influence that we have we there, there are people most likely watching you that you have no idea you have no concept or even not even on your radar as we would say today that they're even looking at you but they are and and you know they're watching you and we need to understand that and realize that it's important how we live it's important that uh, we live for our Lord every day the book of Deuteronomy is an interesting book because it's the book uh, it's kind of the last book of Moses it's the last book it's a book that looks back Moses repeated a lot of the history if you read Deuteronomy uh, repeats a lot of the history of the wilderness wanderings and different things and he reminds the people what God has done but it's also a book that looks forward and it, and it looks forward to what God was going to do for those people and that's what Moses wanted he wanted to look back and then he wanted to look forward and he wanted to encourage the people that they needed to keep on going for God they need to keep on living for him because God had a future for them God had a future for them and he had a plan for them and it was so important that they follow that plan. And in the book of Deuteronomy here, he set out his will for them. He made it very plain what he wanted them to do and how he wanted them to advance. And he, he spelled it out for them. Notice it says in verse 1, And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel, and he said unto them, I am a hundred and twenty years old this day, I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord has said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee. He will destroy these nations from before thee. And thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee as the Lord has said. And the Lord shall do unto them as he did to Zion and to all kings of the Amorites and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face that ye may do unto them according unto all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee, he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee we learned last week or a couple of weeks ago these very giants that israel had said 40 years ago or actually 38 years ago that said that we could never conquer them and we feared for our children god said you're going to overcome them and god had a plan for them and that's what we want to look at here tonight we want to look at three ways god communicated his will to Israel so let's look at point number one God's covenant with Israel God made a covenant with Israel say well he already did that didn't he do that 38 years ago yes he did but Moses took it upon himself to renew the covenant with a new generation and he took it upon himself to do that now what is a covenant a covenant is an agreement that creates a relationship okay there's a relationship and of course 
God wanted a relationship with Israel. Okay, he wanted a, a special relationship with them. And he called them from out of the nations and he made them his people. And there they were gonna have a special relationship with the Lord. Now, in our day, contracts, we call them contracts or agreements. We don't talk about covenants too much. Uh, sometimes you might hear the marriage covenant a little bit, but we usually say a contract, right? We call it, talk about, and we ratify a contract, how? Well, usually by signing your name. You put your name on that, and uh, that's your, uh, yes, you saying, I am going to oblige, and I'm going to fulfill my agreement, my part of the contract. Well, in this time, contracts were ratified by sacrifice, okay? And it was kind of a, a, a way of saying, I'm going to do my part, okay, and fulfill my portion of this contract to the fullest. And that was usually ratified by a contract. And you know, this, this ratifying and all this was really, it's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, uh, you know, today we don't do that, right? We don't do sacrifices. Why? Because the sacrifice has already been made. Amen. Jesus Christ died on the cross and when he, we accept him as Savior, we come into a relationship with him. And we don't have to sacrifice because he made the sacrifice. Amen. He is the sacrifice. And all we have to do is accept it by faith. And we enter that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are a part of that family and, you know, the adoption and all the things that go with that. And that's our covenant. And that's how we live today. But back then it was a sacrifice. You know, Moses told, to the, told the people of Israel, let's live for God. You know, God has, uh, he wants us to live according to his word. And that was the, the, what Moses made a point of saying. God has a will for you. And he, what did he do? He got up on the, you know, he gave the curses and the blessings, right? And they heard the curses and the blessings. And they knew exactly what was expected of them. They knew it exactly if they didn't commit what would happen to them. So they understood that. And they were to follow that. And that was the, the agreement that God made with them. All right, And they ratified that. And they said they would keep that. And we see here, go back to chapter 29. Back chapter 29 in verse 9 it says, notice what it says here. Keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them that ye may prosper in all that ye do. So, it's, so they ratified it. They said, we'll do it. And they have a covenant. They have an agreement with the Lord. And that's the same with us today. What are we to do as Christians? We are to follow the commands of Christ. All right? That's our covenant. That's, we're followers of Christ. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments you will follow me and that's so simple isn't it uh, and James says chapter 1 verses 22 to 24 he talks about be doers of the world word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves but a doer of the work this man shall be blessed in his deed Amen. there's blessings 
when we obey. There's blessings when we follow. And that's so important. Now, not only do we see a covenant, but notice that this was, uh, let's go here, Moses reminded them of their choice. So we have a covenant. Moses reminded them of God's covenant. And then Moses reminded them of their choice. God didn't force them to make that choice. Just like God doesn't force you to follow him. It's your choice. You make it on your own free will. And Israel made a choice. They made a choice to follow the Lord. Someone said this, life is a series of decisions. We choose our actions, but not the consequences. Isn't that true? I think that's good, isn't it? We, we well remember, we can choose our actions. We, God gives us that. We can choose our actions, but we cannot choose the consequences. Now, that's a, that's a double-sided sword, isn't it? That's a, two, that's a two-sided coin. One side, if we choose to sin, then God chooses the consequences. But if we choose to do what's right and obey the Lord, then God chooses the blessings. And, and that's important that we realize that. Go to chapter 30 of Deuteronomy, chapter 30. Notice what it says in verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that thou, that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. So it's a choice. We have to make that choice to follow the Lord. After 38 years of wandering in the wilderness, Moses had this new generation, a whole different generation of people. The old generation had passed away. They had made a covenant with the Lord, but they broke it. They didn't keep it. And they suffered because of their unwillingness to follow God's will. And they, they died in the wilderness. But now there's a new generation on the scene. And there's this new expectation that things are going to be different. And they are going to go and receive this land that God has for them. And we see this, Psalms chapter 73, verses 12 says, These are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They are utterly consumed with terrors. Now, sadly, sometimes we see people prosper, don't we, that aren't saved, that are ungodly. And sometimes we, we begin to think, well, you know, they're prospering. I'm not prospering. Things aren't going well with me. How does that work? <laughs> well, that's where we have to have faith in God, don't yeah. we? That's where we got to trust the Lord and know that God is on the throne. And we understand this. God is graceful. God is gracious in giving men and women the opportunity to come and know him as Savior. So sometimes we, we, we have to understand what God's doing behind the scenes. When we see the, un, the wicked or we see the unsaved and the unrighteous prosper, God is giving them an opportunity. 
But we know this also, that judgment will come. God will judge sin. And the unsaved will stand before the judgment, the, the rather the great white throne judgment. So we have to understand that. And also Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not marked, mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And again, the same thing as I said before. That's a two-sided coin. If we sin, we're going to reap what we sow. And we're going to reap more than we sow. All right? And uh, we're going to meet, we're going to reap down the road from when we sow. And the same is true on the other side. When we obey God and we follow him, we will reap what we sow. We'll, we'll, we'll reap more than we sow and we'll reap down the road from when we sow. And so sometimes it's just a matter of being patient. We just need to be patient. Just let God work and be patient for that time. There have been times when God's people have suffered for their faith. Uh, you know, just pick up a history book. <laughs> pick up a book and read uh, some of the things God's people have suffered through. Yes, they have suffered. suffered and, uh, but we know this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says, Be steadfast, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. God will reward. God will bless. So let's be faithful. And let's remain faithful. And that's what he's saying to Israel. Let's be faithful. And let's follow, our, uh, let's follow these, uh, this covenant that we've made with the Lord. Let's follow through and then be obedient to that. So point number one, God's covenant with Israel. God reminded them of God's covenant. God reminded them of their choice. Point number two, God's charge to Joshua. God's charge to Joshua. You know, it was God's choice to replace Moses with Joshua as leader. That was God's choice. That wasn't Moses' choice. And so God chose Joshua to lead those people. So letter A, he was to look forward in courage. He was to look forward in courage. Notice it says in verse, uh, you know, we read verse 6 and 7. In verse 6 especially in chapter 31, be strong and of good courage. Then go to verse 23, it says, And he gave Joshua the son of Nun a charge and said, Be strong and of good courage. I think there's a theme there, don't you? <laughs> you catch that a little bit? Yeah. I think God's, you know, if God said it once, that's important. But if God's repeated it twice, I think we need to take note, and if God said it a third time, I think we should really take note. Because if you go to Joshua, the book of Joshua, chapter 1, he repeats the very same thing. Be, uh, he says here, uh, be strong and of good courage. So I think God's trying to tell him something. He's, he's trying to tell him, go forward. And he's got a plan for him, and to follow that plan. There were uh, two men in Africa, they were kind of like, um, I guess, uh, adventurers. 
And all of a sudden, they heard this roar of a lion. And, you know, they kind of stopped them in their tracks. And I'm sure that would, uh, fear and quaking would uh, obviously be part of that. And after a little bit, the, the one man, the older adventurer said to the younger one, said, now listen, we read the book on wild animals, and it said, Stay, take your stand, don't move, and look, the, look them in the eye, and the lion will leave you alone. And the young man says, well, you read the book. I read the book. But did the lion read the book? <laughs> His wife was starting to waver there a little bit. You know, we see here with Joshua, God wrote it down, be strong. Be strong. He wrote it down for him three times. Be strong and of good courage. I am with you. Fear thou not. And he was with them. And he gave charge. He gave charge to the people. We see here, we gave charge to, if you're taking notes, you can write down, he gave charge to the people. Verses 1 to 8, we read that. Uh, In verses, uh, in chapter 31, in verse uh, 1, to, we can look at verse 7 here as we continue on in that text. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee, he will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. So he encouraged the people. He's written it down. He's told them, I am with you. He gave a charge to them. He encouraged them to go forward. And then he gave a charge to Joshua. Uh, And we read that in verse 23. He said to him, He named him Joshua, the son of Nun. Be strong and of good courage. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 30 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. That's our safety today, is the Lord. He is our strong tower. And Jesus Christ, he is our strength. And he has promised to strengthen us. He has promised to give us grace no matter what we're facing. And we can take that and be encouraged by that. Then letter B, he was to look backward in commemoration. commemoration. Now we see this, we don't have time to read the whole chapter of chapter 32. Right, it's the Song of Moses. And the Song of Moses is, a, is, a, is Moses just putting, you know, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's putting uh, this information into a song, into a type of poem. And he's singing this, he's uh, talking about this. And why? Well, he's, it, it's in music, he's causing the people to pause. Sometimes when you're reading the book of Psalms, you ever come across that word, selah, selah. And, you know, what does that mean, selah? Well, it means to pause, to reflect, to think about. Think about what you're talking about. Think about what you've read. And he's, he wants the people to think. He wants them to, what does he want them to think about? He wants them to think about God. 
doesn't want them to think about himself. He wants them to think about the Lord. What has God done for them? You know, he wants to remind them. He reminds them that it was God that led them. It was God that led them out of Egypt. It was God that led them through the Red Sea. It was God that led them through the wilderness. It was God that led them to the Jordan River. And it will be God that will lead them into the, 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 the land of Canaan or the promised land. He instructed them. He instructed them. He, he gave them instruction and he told them what they should do and what they shouldn't do. Even though many times they disobeyed. And then he kept them safe. He kept them safe. He, pre, he preserved them. <laughs> until the very end and here they are a great nation ready to take that next step and go into the land of Canaan as he has promised their forefathers and then point number three as we see here tonight God's care for Moses and the people God cared for Moses and he cared for the people you know God wanted to bless Israel he's always wanted to bless Israel he always wanted them to succeed in what they were doing Letter A, we see here, the, we see the tribes were publicly blessed. Moses blessed them. Notice, go to chapter 33 in Deuteronomy. Chapter 33, and notice what it says here. And this is the blessing wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. And he said, the Lord came from Sinai and rose up from Seir unto them. He shined forth from Mount Paran, and he came with ten thousands of saints. From his right hand went a fiery law for them. Yea, he loved the people. All his saints are in thy hand, and they sit down at thy feet. Everyone shall receive thy words. And he goes on, and he talks about uh, the, all the blessing, and he blesses the tribes. And then he gets to the end, all right? He gets to the very end. And notice what it says here. He says this. He says, Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people, saved by the Lord, the shield of thy help, and who is the sword of thy excellency? And thine enemy shall be found liars unto thee, and thou shalt tread upon their high places. So we see that God blessed them. He blessed them by each nation, by each tribe, and he blessed them uh, for them to overcome their enemies and uh, to, to, to really have victory in the land of Canaan. And then we see here, uh, not only were they blessed publicly, but here Moses was, uh, he was privately buried. And we see this here, that God... Uh, because Moses had made that mistake at Marah, all right, he had hit the rock twice. And because of that, he and Aaron could not enter the land of promise. They, had to, they could not enter. Now, we saw last week that Aaron has already passed away. And now Moses. Now, is Moses the very last of that old generation to die off? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But he's at the end here. And he gets one last blessing before he dies. And what does he get to do? He gets to go up into Mount Nebo. And from a point, he gets to look over 
and see the promised land. Now, I was just over in Jordan uh, this past summer, and one of the places we stopped at was Mount Nebo. And we drove up the hill from the, the Jordan, the Jordan Valley, and we drove up the, this mountain to get to the top, and where they think it is, now, I don't know if that's the place where Moses looked out. It could have been, I don't know. But that's what they said it could have been. So we looked out. Now, for Moses to see what he saw from that vantage point, it had to have been a clear day because I couldn't see. <laughs> it was kind of, kind of hazy. And, you know, June's kind of hot there and hazy. So I don't know what time of year Moses was there or what, but... Uh, I, I saw some things. So we got to see Jerusalem. We got to see the hills. Got to see the Jordan Valley. And I uh, got to see the Dead Sea and different things. But I didn't see as much as it says that Moses saw. So I'm not saying he couldn't have, but I didn't see it. But I did see a good bit. And it was an interesting sight. And it was interesting to be up there and just to think, wow, Moses standing here looking over, seeing what God had for his people. I remember the night before, that we did that, we had come up from, we had gone down to uh, a resort area down on the Red Sea, okay? And we had driven up and we had stopped along the Dead Sea, okay, on the Jordan side, not Israel side, we were on Jordan side. So uh, we stopped there and uh, did all the tourist things that we did. And at nighttime, after supper, we all went on to a place on the mot at the motel where you could look over the Dead Sea and you could look over into um, the, 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 you know, when you look over the Dead Sea, it's kind of mountainous over there, all right? A lot of hills and rocks and things. And you could see the lights of the different places. You could see Jerusalem. Uh, and you can see where it was. Obviously, it was Jerusalem. And you can see different places where lights, and it was just a beautiful sight. You can see the lights of the, the Jordan Valley. And Well, you know, that's a, you, we think it's not a mountain as you think of it because it's almost like a high plateau. <laughs> uh, because we didn't come down the mountain when we got, we went we went kind of over and went on into Amman. So, you know, you kinda, it's kind of like a high plateau that goes down into the, red, to the Dead Sea and to the Jordan Valley and back up again. So it's kind of interesting. But they call it Mount Nebo. But you, we saw that. And, but that night I was at, on the Dead Sea and we saw those lights. And it was a, it was a, good, it was a nice sight. I really enjoyed that. I think I liked that view better did than Mount Nebo because of the lights of all the cities uh, over in Israel that you just looked across the Dead Sea and uh, could see that. But I said all that to say this. Uh, anyways, you know, I wonder if the people of Israel really appreciated what they had in the leader that Moses was. Uh, did they really fully appreciate what they had in that man? You know, God gave them a great man, a great leader. Someone said this, the height of a tree cannot be properly measured till it falls. You know, 
you know, you, you get used to a tree in a different, but when it's gone, you kind of say, oh, wow, <laughs> the view's a lot different. And, you know, Moses is gone. He's buried. Notice it says in verse 5, so Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Beth Peor. But no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. And uh, so he's buried, but he's gone. And they, they, they remember him for 30 days. They mourn for Moses for 30 days. And we come to the end of his life. And boy, just think of his life. In conclusion tonight, Moses will be remembered as a man who knew God face to face. There will be another man like him, uh, flesh. Of course, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, will be far superior to Moses. But when it comes to a man, uh, Moses was a great man of God. You know, getting back to to, uh, that mission down in Grand Rapids. Mel Trotter. Uh, you know, if someone would have come to, to, to anybody in 1897 before, and said, before 1897 and said, you know, Mel Trotter will have a great influence in the life of people, they would have said, no way. Mel Trotter was a drunk. A drunk. And uh, he tried different things, but he never could free himself from alcohol. And his son died. He had a son, and his son died. And he felt so guilty that he just couldn't take it. And his desire was to go to, to Lake Michigan. He lived in Iowa, and his desire was to go to Lake Michigan and drown himself. So he got on a train. He went to, Lake, he went to Chicago, and he took his own shoes off his feet. This is wintertime. And he sold his own shoes to buy the last drink. And his bare feet, he was walking to, the, to Lake Michigan. And he happened to pass the Pacific Garden Mission. And someone got him in there. And the man, someone got up and gave his testimony how God had saved him. And it changed his life. I'm thankful God's still changing the life of people Amen. today. Mel Trotter had a great influence. And he's gone now, but other people are having great influences as well. And we're thankful for that because that's our God, isn't he? God can take anyone, anyone who's willing to give themselves to follow him, and he can use them in a great way, even Mel Trotter, (laughs) And, and for his life. Someone said a lasting legacy is the positive impact you have your life has on other people, friends, colleagues, even strangers. Your legacy is the sum of the personal values, accomplishments, and the actions that resonate with the people around you. May that be with us today. Have a legacy, not for our own glory, but for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the glory of our, our Savior. When we come to the end of our life, we understand the value of commitment in a relationship with God. We realize the importance of the meditation on the promises and the vast past workings of God. And we decide to emulate the faithfulness of Moses. Let's remain faithful. Be faithful to the end. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear God, we thank you again for the life of Moses, for this man of God, 
And Lord, may it inspire us and encourage us uh, to live for you, to be faithful unto the very end. Now bless this time, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.